Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten. Welcome to Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways that we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host, and we have a super fun show with a very cool guest about superpowers. Um, let me tell you a little bit about our guest today, and then I'll bring her on. Um, Dr. Drayvon James is the founder of the Next Step Leadership Academy, a company that empowers women to use everything that shows up in their lives, good, bad, or otherwise, to reach their next level of greatness. Dr. Drayvon is a transformation specialist using her everyday peace philosophy to coach women on how to master goal attainment. She's the author of Freedom Is Your Birthright, host of Dr. Drayvon James' Everyday Peace on Unity Online Radio, coach on the Sirius XM Road Dog Trucking Show, and an actress whose career credits include a recurring role on, wait for it, HBO's acclaimed The Wire. As a leader in the healthcare industry for more than three decades, she's the recipient of the Secretary McDonough Coin of Recognition for her leadership efforts to combat the COVID pandemic. Dr. Drayvon uses this training and experience to lead women to their victory using the power of everyday peace to achieve their next level of greatness in life and business. Wow. Dr. James, welcome to Freedom for Humans. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It is wonderful to meet you. Wow. You have done amazing things in your career. Thank you. Thank you. I tell people that I am a transformational coach only because I've transformed myself and used that <laughs> you know uh, knowledge and experience to help people transform themselves too. I truly believe that you can do anything you want to do. On that, we agree. For sure. Just talking about that, right? Yeah. Yes. And I read, I saw something recently and I should remember where I saw it, but I'm sorry I don't. It said something like, we can do anything, but we can't necessarily do everything. Mm, I like that. I kind of like it too. It's sort of like that, the piling on of everything that seems to kind of be plaguing people right now, particularly women. Particularly women, right? Yeah. Yes. It's the... The, the idea that we have to be everything to everyone all of the time. It's a recipe for feeling uh, like you're not doing enough. <laughs> less than, right? That's the perfect storm for feeling less than. Exactly. And feeling less than, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, I think it's just at the core of so much um, suffering. What do you think about that whole phenomenon of the fact that many humans simply feel less than? Oh my goodness. So this lack of self-awareness and self-love drives so many illnesses, right? Which do this ease, which starts in the body, right? In the mind and the thoughts. And it does, it drives so much, you know, this feeling of less than this feeling of always thinking we have to measure up, you know, and we're comparing ourselves to the phantom them. Right. <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, I don't think that whatever that phantom them is, is probably, I feel like it's an amalgamation of all the curated sort of images or messaging that we get that only shows us a little piece of, you know, this person or that person. And they, we, they sort of mush together to create this standard that nobody's meeting. 
right? No one is. And so we're all chasing after this phantom. It doesn't even exist, right? And I used to tell my kids when they were little, so we watch cartoons. It's like my mother used to tell me, this isn't real. It's just happening on the cartoon, right? And so <laughs> now that we're not using animation, we're using real people and reality shows and 24-hour access to someone else's life on social media. We have to continue to remind ourselves that this is not real. It's not This real. is just television, right? It's just you know, a little snippet of somebody's life or maybe even just acting out. And we internalize it because they're using real people. That, you know, so it's great acting. It's great cinematography and right. cinema and theatrical productions. But it doesn't actually have anything to do with us. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's to entertain us. And we've got to separate the two. Right. We've got to set. We cannot let, try to live up to the standard of something which does not exist. Mm-hmm. And if something is making you feel bad, I kind of feel like we that I mean, we're all sort of conditioned that stuff makes us feel bad. Right. And then we blame ourselves somehow must be our fault or it's our fault that we're feeling bad or whatever. And I mean, I can imagine how sort of different things might be if when we were feeling bad, we just stopped and said, oh, what's wrong? Say that all the time. So we don't take that time. But and I always um, when I work with my coaching clients, I always kind of use this analogy about if you were living in the house with a middle schooler and I had two and when they come in and they are feeling really bad, you take that moment. And you slow things down and you don't go into judgment. You don't go into what you should have done and giving advice. You just go into a listening mode and asking questions, you know, and just really waiting and listening. But we don't take that patience with ourselves. So we need to treat ourselves like we are the middle schooler and say, oh, my gosh, I see you're feeling down. Sit down for a minute. Exactly. Let me get you a glass of water. Yep. Yeah, you're you know, put your head down on the countertop. Oh, just re- relax for me. Take a couple of deep breaths. Yes. Right? Start from anywhere and tell me anything that you want to tell me about what happened. Right, and let ourselves just rant to ourselves for a little while. Say, oh, I understand. Right, and before we go into what you should have done, you know, to affirm, I love you no matter what. Exactly. Right. This is unconditional. It doesn't matter if you were right. Doesn't matter if you were wrong. I love you no matter what. This is a safe place. Yes. It's yeah. it's what we would do for the people we love the most, right? But somehow, when it gets to us, it's quite difficult for us to stop. And, and I mean, I tell myself that I love myself because I've developed the self-love practice, but it's, you know, it's in the last several years for me. And so still, even I stop because I know that I need to. And I tell myself that, and it still feels a little funny. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Especially when you're in situations, and this is something really personal that just happened to me. I was in a situation where I didn't feel appreciated. I didn't feel heard. And this is just this week. So it's just Tuesday, right? <laughs> so, but, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yes, so, um, and I had to stop and tell myself, because I'm starting to get in that emotional space where I'm just not good enough. I'm not, you know. Right. And I'm never going to measure up. You just always, and I just stopped and, you know, said to myself, I said, you know, Trayvon, I really love you. I will, it doesn't mean that this doesn't hurt. I know it hurts. Exactly. It hurts, right. But do you, if you knew, and I hope you do, how much I absolutely love you right now, why don't we go for a walk? 
And, you know, and, and I wish it was, I wish I could have just got out that chair and went for a walk, but I sat there and I felt like, no, I don't want to go for a walk. I, I feel horrible. I don't want, I don't mm-hmm. want to be seen by people. And, and so I do all this self-talk. Nobody knows what you're feeling inside. You still look the same. I know you're hurt, but you still look the same. You need some fresh air. Could you put your coat on? And I felt like that little, you know, fourth grader. I can't put my coat on. Right. I think you can put your coat on. Right. <laughs> you want to throw a fit. Yeah. <laughs> but just being tender and loving with myself. I walked outside. I got some fresh air. I came back in and I was okay. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Right. Really in the scheme of things, does it really matter? Which is if, so that's, I think that's so key because if we stop to have the conversation with ourselves and do what you did, where you've given yourself what you needed, you kind of coached yourself through the moment and you gave yourself what you needed. It gives you that perspective to realize it, it depending on what it is, but most likely it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's this thing that I know I'm not alone in, but my, my self likes to say, well, this is just another time. This is being happening, happening to you. You're not good enough. You're being passed over this, you know, running down my whole historical right. <laughs> statistical database of things that have been, you know, how I felt wrong. Yeah. And in that moment, it really came to this, to the thought that, and did it matter? Did it matter when that happened in 1995? Like, I still remember the person's name. I said, yeah, it's Okay. And I thought in the past, many, many years ago, before I had this this self-love practice, this self-awareness practice, in the past, that one moment that I had yesterday would have had a cascade effect on me with all the other wrongs I felt in my life, and it would have dragged me down. But now I can stand on it as victory and say to myself, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's it's, it's absolutely okay. You You have a right to how you feel. Yes. And that's okay but I'm right about me. Yes. Well, you're the only one. I mean, right. W- right. We're the only ones that can truly be right about ourselves and truly about ourselves. know ourselves and know what we need and what's right for us. Like we're really, truly the only ones I think. Right. And that's one message I like to get across to everybody is that your, your thought about you is the most important thought there is about you. Yes. That's it. Everybody yes. else, no one, no, no one really knows you. No one knows you from the core. And unfortunately, you probably know this too. Sometimes we haven't even taken the time to know us from the core. Well, absolutely, because we're conditioned from super early on. I mean, we take on all kinds of conditioned thinking, primarily, that leads to then other types of behaviors and coping mechanisms and stuff. Um, that causes us to suffer, right? And so we sometimes don't even know that there is another way of living because we've been living that way since we were children. So it seems like first we're going to be hard on ourselves. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Right. And I'm guilty of this. My mom used to say, and I hear myself, but I said to my kids, now you sit down here and think about what you just did. Right. And so we're conditioned to just do that, to think about the action and make the action us. Exactly. And to punish ourselves. Right. Right. I'm not the action. 
Yeah. Right. And maybe when I accept it and get to really know who I am, the action will then change. Right. And it'll be a sustainable change. Anything other than that will not be sustainable. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about this quote, and it's the perfect time to do that um, because we, we talk on the show a lot about how to make changes that are sustainable, that aren't just, you know, force yourself to change this behavior and like grit your teeth while you try to sustain the change. And the quote um, uh, from you is, today we'll move in the direction of your most dominant thought, not your dominant action. Oh, Tell us about that. Oh, I love that. So I want to give you this example, and hopefully everyone can relate to this. It's a real life example again. So where I live, I do not have a garage. I have a parking pad where I can park my car, but no garage. And I've decided that I would like a garage. So I'm thinking, okay, and I'm just thinking about garages. I'm doing my normal activity, driving to the places that I normally drive through, uh, going to my normal route, seeing garages everywhere and houses just like mine that I never saw before. Right. And I'm stopping and taking pictures of them. I'm like, oh my gosh, that would work at my house. But because this was a dominant thought of mine, I'm constantly thinking about garages. Then I open up this, I don't even call it energetic pathway. You can call it whatever you want. I raise my awareness, my consciousness without doing a thing, but thinking about it so that my brain goes out and does the work. It says, oh, you're thinking about garages. Well, guess what? I'm going to show you. I'm going to start picking them out so that my consciousness. And so my life goes in the direction of my most dominant thought. That is a very, very simplistic example of a dominant thought. It had been my dominant thought. I've been researching it at home, getting my car. I'm not going anyplace different. I wasn't going out looking for garages. I'm just driving my normal path that I've been driving for years. I never, I'm like, I didn't know these people had garages. I'm driving by them every day. So this is that very simplistic example is how everything happens for us. If, for example, you spend a lot of time and you're singing, uh, let's say, sad love songs. Mm -hmm. It's your favorite thing. It's your dominant thought. You don't even realize it's your dominant thought, but you're just humming that sad love song. And then you take a moment and realize, oh, my gosh. Not that the exact same thing is happening in my life, but I'm having experiences in my life that bring that emotion to us. We really are curating our life yes. through our dominant thoughts. Now, knowing that we can live a purposeful life, an intentional life by saying, I choose certain things, right? We can't choose all our thoughts. I, uh, one time I uh, wrote an article and I remember doing this research about how many thoughts we have per minute. It is overwhelming how many thoughts we have per minute. But what I found that was astonishing in that research is that most of our thoughts are repetitive. Mm -hmm. Yes. We think the same oh. thing over and over and over again. We've trained ourselves to do that. So it takes some adulting, yes, and some willpower to say, I'm going to train myself to think other things. Right? What? Instead, if I walk into a room and everybody starts laughing where I used to feel self-conscious, if I feel that they're cheering for me, that laughter is cheering and that they're just happy to see me. There are people, I know there are people who do that, right? Who just walk in, they always feel like they're the life of the party, even if they are the joke, right? And I would think to myself, gosh, that must be nice not to be so sensitive, right? Uh -huh. but that's training and conditioning. We can train and condition ourselves to do 
anything with our thoughts. So your life, I hope that example about the garage is not too, too, too simplistic, but it really is that basic. We overcomplicate things all the time. I use the simple technique of waking up in the morning and writing out a, what I call an active gratitude card to help me with my thoughts. And on one side of the card, I write down three things that I'm grateful for that happened yesterday. So that's my past because the mind likes to dwell in the past. So I tell it what it's going to dwell on in the past. You just can't go willy nilly, mm-hmm. you know, tiptoeing through the disasters of my past and picking something out that I'm going to dwell on. When that happens, I said, oh, let me get my card. I see you want to, and I talk to my mind. I see you want to think about the past and I give it what it's going to think about because I want gratitude to be my, the, my natural thought so that my life goes into the direction of things that I will be grateful for. So on the other side of that card, I write my intentions, things that I will be grateful for that are going to happen today. Right. I'm, you know, and I write really simplistic things that I can be in control of. I'm going to be self-aware today. I'm going to be, I'm grateful that I'm going to be optimistic today. Right. I'm going to be on time, caught up in two steps ahead of the game. It's my favorite one that I always write almost every day, right? So when I want to think about the future and I get scared about what's going to happen with this problem or that problem, I say, oh, no, I see you want to think about the, the future. And I grab that car and say, okay, this is what we're going to think about. So driving those thoughts, make it easy, but be intentional about it. Be intentional about it. And pay attention to what it is that you're thinking about right now and see what shows up in your pathway because a lot of times we're not very self-aware we're not self-aware that our life we are driving the things that show up in our life by our thoughts we're we're doing that and we're very very careless with that we're careless with the conversations that we'll get involved in and we'll be in our car we'll just start thinking about those whatever that conversation is that argument people are having arguments with themselves all of the time all the time They're having arguments with themselves. They're having arguments with people that they've already had arguments about and the people are not there, but they're rehashing the argument and going over why the person is wrong and how dare they and how could you. And I mean, I think most of the time too, it does, it stirs up. You are re-feeling. So it is stirring up the emotions of, let's say the conflict, right? That you've already experienced. And like you mentioned, because people aren't always, mindful it's happening you're driving along and everything is let's say fine and then all of a sudden you're in that spin before you even know what has happened and you use the the perfect word it's the feelings the feelings that energy from the feelings right and you draw you say okay why can't i get along with people well you're still having an argument in your head about something that happened to you five years ago and what you should have said and how you so you still and then you draw the that feeling is so real. It's, it's like a magnet, the strongest magnet on the earth. And it draws another relationship into your life where you have conflict and more conflict and more conflict. Instead of if you just moved into the space of forgiveness, mm-hmm. being grateful for whatever you got. Even if the best thing you can say about that relationship is I got out of it, being mm-hmm. grateful that you got out of it and moving and start feeling that gratefulness. Like, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And you start pulling in things in your life that make you feel that warm safety of gratitude which is what we all want. We all want those arguments that we're retelling ourselves is because we're trying to figure out how we could have been safe there. And maybe we couldn't, right? I mean, and maybe, yeah, I mean, I find often when I find myself having one of those conversations, um, 
that I'm the one that needs to be forgiven. The reason that it is sticking somehow and coming up again, right, is not because I necessarily need to forgive the other person. There's there's something for me that is unresolved that needs love and compassion and forgiveness. So that is so impactful, right? When we start to forgive ourselves. And for years, I would say this, I thought that I had to learn how to forgive myself so that I could forgive other people. But through A Course in Miracles, oddly enough, I was, you know, that book is a lot about forgiveness and love. And I discovered that when I can forgive anybody for anything, then I go back to me and I say to myself, Trayvon, surely you can forgive yourself. And I'm like, and I feel so good about it. I'm like, yeah, I forgive myself for that because I was plagued by things. Like, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I had... And you're right. I keep retelling the story, trying to find some way to excuse my behavior, right? Subconsciously, that's what I was trying to do is to find mm-hmm. a way to excuse my behavior instead of just saying, darling, I forgive you. Exactly. It's okay. You did the best you could at the time with right. what you knew at the time, and it's okay. Right. And I just say, you know, yeah, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't said that, but I forgive myself for that. Right. Like, I wish I hadn't stayed that long in that relationship, but that's okay. I forgive you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll. And just- isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful just to know that you waited for you? It's like, but I yes. waited for you. I waited. I didn't desert me. I didn't desert me. When I, when I turned around and saw that, oh, I shouldn't be here. The me, the self that I am was waiting for me to say, yep, let's not, let's, let's leave. I love that visual. Actually, I love that because I do, um, I, you know, when you have a conversation with yourself, I sort of imagine the the higher learned self or the mentor or the coach or whatever kind of resonates with the person coaching the more vulnerable kind of core self. Um, and the kind of the conversation is being had between those two parts of ourselves in a way. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? And to know that we have to, we have to show up for ourselves. That's our responsibility. We're waiting for someone oftentimes external yeah. to ourselves to come and save us. Right. Yes. And it's not that no one wants to, but they really can't. Well, no. And if we are in that situation and we are needing to, you know, center ourselves and save ourselves and put our energy toward ourselves, Wouldn't that be what everyone else also needs to do? And how could we expect that they're going to have all of this tremendous time, energy, and resources to come and save us? Right. And just right there is the humanity of it all, right? That gives us the empathy, the compassion of it all to say that, my gosh, you are dealing with, you are coming to awareness of yourself in the midst of all these distractions in the world. And of course, you're going to say some things that, come out wrong or do something because you're still trying to figure yourself out and I'm trying to figure my stuff out. And it's amazing that we coexist in any type of harmony. Right. And if we just move into every situation and saying, you know what, she's doing her best and I'm doing my best. Yes. And I forgive her for everything. And therefore I forgive myself for everything. Let's start over again tomorrow. Exactly. I accept myself. I accept you. It's okay. It's okay. And just breathe. And some things are really hard to say that to, but we still have no choice if we want to let go of these sandbags that keep us, you know, just stuck 
think yes. it, you know, those things really do block our superpower. We're talking about superpower. Our superpower really is comes through self-awareness. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to spend um, the second segment delving into sewer superpowers. You are listening to Freedom for Humans and we will be right back. Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host, and we're here with Dr. James, and we're talking about, we've now transitioned into our main topic, which is about superpowers. So, Dr. James, what is a superpower? Oh, my gosh. It is the thing that makes you uniquely you. It is the thing that connects you to source within yourself, whatever you want to call source. You don't have to call it, you know, God or Holy Spirit. It it doesn't even have to be the I am-ness of you, right? Each of us, cut from the same cloth, if you will, come in as a unique being. And your superpower is tapping into yourself, everything that makes you, you. When you do that, when you do that, forgiveness is not a struggle. Love is not a struggle. Gratitude is not a struggle because you're tapped into your superpower, the you-ness of you. Which which would lead me then to it it might be difficult to know what your superpower is if you don't necessarily know yourself yet. It takes some of us right. a while to truly begin to know ourselves as adults, I think. It does it because we've got to unpack, right, who we've been trained to be by our parents or caretakers, right? Who loved us very much, but we're 
not perfect beings, you know, and everything the media has told us, every educator has told us, and we keep drilling down, not that any of those things were wrong or bad or, you know, religion or whatever, those things are not wrong or bad, but it is our responsibility to tap into our core and and to watch ourselves. And we watch ourselves by becoming curious, Right. If we accept two things about life, that there is only two real, real emotions, love and fear. Hmm. Right? You see, I even love this or I'm afraid of it. Right. And if it's fearful, right, you ask yourself, what, what makes me afraid of that? How does that feel to me? And don't rush to an answer. Just watch it. Don't judge the answer. Right. Don't feel like you have to be wedded to the answer for the rest of your life because you're evolving. Right. I use this example with my son, who will be 21 in a few days. And when he was little, he used to love a cartoon called Sonic. And I remember saying to him one day, I said, you know, one day you won't even remember this cartoon. Or if you do, it won't feel the same for you. You will evolve. Right. So we talked about that recently as we were preparing to celebrate his birthday. And it reminds me about that in myself is to say that who I am today, the discovery of Drayvon today, right? watching her, being in tune with her, that's my superpower. But not thinking that in 15 years from today, I'll discover the same thing. I'm mining in the same place. I'm digging for gold in the same place, but I'm going to find something different as I go to different layers of myself. Okay, so I, I think what I'm hearing is that when you find your superpower, and we're going to talk about how to find it, but when you find it or recognize it, let's say that happens today, 10 years from now, if you did the same thing, it might be different. Your superpower might be different. Yeah, it'll it'll, it'll evolve. It could be the same thing, but on a different level, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, I think back to when I first started my journey into everyday peace, which I didn't even have a name for it at the time. I, I read a book, um, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, and it opened up a door for me with inside of myself that said I wanted to do whatever he did for other people. Right? My superpower was going to be, you know, reaching, connecting to people just to have them discover that they could do and be anything that they wanted to be. Right. But way back then, I was 17 years old and I thought what I had discovered was the formula that will make you laugh is to how how to never have a problem in your life. And oh, I have journals and journals oh, and journals. Right. That's what I thought I had discovered. OK, I realized as I kept on living that what I had discovered was how to use every prop, every so-called problem in your life as a stepping stone to your well, next level of greatness, right? It, the, that, exactly. that evolved over time. That evolved over time. But it didn't stop me from being 17 years old and realize I would meet people and say, hey, could you just sit down and breathe with me for a moment? You know, I, you know, because that was my superpower. I was still wanted to connect with people. But as I evolved, I realized I was really learning something different. That you weren't, I wasn't going to be able to stop every problem that occurred in my life or every so-called problem that occurred in someone else's life. Things were going to happen. Yes. As I evolved as a person and kept becoming more and more self-aware, I realized, oh my goodness, right? These aren't failures that have happened to me. These aren't setbacks. This, these were, this was me going deeper into myself and realizing 
This so-called problem was just a doorway to get me here, to get me there, and to start seeing pathways that I hadn't seen. I would have never seen certain pathways if I hadn't had certain situations show up in my life. So the superpower is always through self-awareness. Okay. And so how would somebody, if they're just kind of wondering, because I see a lot of people, you probably see this too, they're looking for coaching. They're looking to, you know, they're saying, I, I feel like I've lost meaning. I've lost the direction of my life. I don't know who I am. They are unhappy sometimes at work, not sometimes, often. I see that a lot. Um, so how would somebody who's kind of in that space go about just recognizing what their superpower might be when they're feeling a little disconnected or free floating? I always recommend starting with journaling, right? Just to rant on paper, what you are feeling. Now you mentioned coaching. I am a big advocate for having a coach in your life. Not that a coach is going to give you the answers. They should not be trying to give you the answers because the answers come from within. They really can't. That's just going to be another band-aid, right? So that is a safe place for you to go and for somebody to be tracking for you because there's so much stuff happening. So this coach is is, is keeping, keeping um, record or journal for you for the things that you're saying, the things that you're feeling. And through there, they're seeing patterns for you that you may miss. Ah. So, yeah, we talked about this last week. You were feeling this. Have you thought about this? So I would highly recommend working with a coach, somebody that's skilled to help you do that. But if you're working alone and you're hearing this right now and you feel that frustration, let's just use work because I know that they say somewhere yeah. around 90% of people, 93% of the population really is unhappy at work but stuck financially. That's fine. We don't yep. expect you to quit your job and not, you know, be homeless, right? But let's, let's sort of get through that space and fill, write out everything that makes you unhappy about that job. Everything. And then start asking questions, right? Why does that bother me? Ah. Oh. Right? What would feel good instead, you know? Ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first do it, started doing that for myself, I was like, I just really want to be, you know, I was like, I'm so, I'm so down. I just want to stay in the bed for the rest of my life. Now I don't really want to stay in the bed for the rest of my life, but I was just so, you know, I think hurt by and disappointed. I just felt too raw and vulnerable to be around people. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to hide. Let's say you want to hide when we feel hide. like that. Yes. Yeah. You want to curl up in a ball. And so at, become curious about that. Don't become shameful or fearful. Just become curious. Like, well, why? What happened? Mm-hmm. Right? And the more you write, the more, you, and people don't like to write a lot, but I, there is something, I, I could just spend two seconds here, something magical happens when you take a thought or an emotion, particularly an emotion, from an unseen world, right? We can't see your emotions. We can't see your thoughts. We we can say we perceive this, but when you take your own personal thought or emotion from an unseen world and produce it into a seen physical world, there's something that reminds you that you are a creator. Hmm. There's this subconscious energy that shifts and says, oh my gosh, I just took something from an unseen world and produced it in a seen world. And that sort of puts you back in your power, in your in your victory mode instead of your victim mode, which allows you to see yourself. Because what when you're creating, you realize, well, I could erase 
and create something different in that same space. That's powerful. That's powerful. So I encourage people, right? Start journaling even a little bit. How do you feel if somebody, because you mentioned a little bit of resistance, which some people, you you say the J word and they, they just cringe and they don't want to have anything to do with it. Um, do you feel similarly about voice recording or for you, is there something about the visual nature of writing that is particularly special? So I used to coach and I still do coach men, but I primarily coach women now. But so I know a lot of my male clients, like, I don't want to journal. I don't want to journal. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to not get the benefit of the exercise by not journaling. I do say then use voice recording, right? Because that is, you know, you are taking something that's not audible and you're putting it as a thought, as an emotion, right? And you're connecting to it. Um, so if you have to start there, I don't want you to put up blocks of resistance. So you start where you can. Even, some people don't want to record because they don't want to hear it back. Then mm-hmm. start just a conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where you just ask yourself why. Become like a like a like a toddler, following yourself around, and every time you say, "Well, I don't like this," say why. Why. And just with no judgment, wait for an answer. And you may not get an answer for days, weeks even. It pops up again. Say, why does that bother you? You know, you'll find this inner self. It's just because it does. It's okay. That's okay. But why? Until you get to that place of self-awareness. And it sounds very simplistic, but you will discover your superpower through that. You'll discover, oh my gosh, this is me. And this is where I should be. And this is what I can do in the space that I am in right now. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's a root cause analysis, right? In a way it is, yeah. it is a root cause analysis of yourself. When you ask, when you just keep asking why you go under another layer and eventually you get to the source of what is bugging you. Right. And you realize that the resistance is you because there is this part of us that is resistant and afraid to see us. Right. I think I read somewhere and I don't know if it was, I don't know who said Maya Angelou, whomever. I don't think it was her, but our biggest fear is that we are powerful beyond belief. Mm. Right. And we're afraid to know that to be truthful because then we have have to hold ourselves accountable. And that's okay, right? Because we shouldn't be going to a place of judgment. But if you hold ourselves accountable, because, oh my gosh, you're this powerful and this is all you've done. No, wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong way of thinking, right? We're evolving. That's like saying to a baby when it's first born, you're going to be a world-class uh, long-distance runner. You come into this world, you're going to take six months to learn how to crawl. No, no, we don't do that. We just say, you're going to evolve into that. We're going to evolve into, into the utilization of our superpower if we allow ourselves to, to look at ourselves and say, oh, my goodness, with curiosity, what's going on? Why why are you feeling that way? And just waiting. It'll be reve- we'll reveal ourselves to ourselves. And, you know, during the pandemic, I took the science of well-being, that uh, Yale course about basically the science of happiness. And one of the things I learned, um, they didn't use the word superpower, they use the word top skills, and it's part of a, an inventory that you take that helps you to, if you didn't already know what your top skills are, um, it helps you to understand what those are, and that using them, um, hopefully daily, is directly tied to happiness. 
And so I'm curious about the superpower. Do you, do you see that in the same way that once you recognize what it is, that using it actually raises people's levels of happiness? Absolutely. Once you connect to your true self, whatever that is, without asking for it to be validated by someone else. If you mm -hmm. say, some people have, I've worked with, I say, you know, I've discovered that I'm a writer, right? That I feel great when I am being creative in the space of writing. That is my superpower. And if that never gets validated by anyone, if no one ever buys a book or comes to listen to you, your poetry or applause your poetry, you tap into that and you do some form of that, whether it's studying it, whether it's writing it, whether it's some form, incorporate that into your life, your happiness quotient, quotient goes up. You're a poet. If you decide you're a poet and if you decide you're a poet and that's part of your talent or your superpower, then you, you need to write poetry. Otherwise you're going to be less happy regardless of whether it ever gets published or anybody reads it, like you've mentioned, I think people right. get stuck right in the, somebody else needs to acknowledge me or sign off on the, on the title in order for it to be real. Right. That someone external to you has to give you a stamp of approval, right? right? Who may or may not know poetry. As we all know, a lot of famous people, um, poets and, and, and painters that we see now were never recognized during their time after they're gone and they don't get any royalties for the stuff that they did. It's, oh, this was a masterpiece. Right? right. And so you get to decide who you are. You get to live that out. But you have to first know who that is. And you have to accept the fact that you may try a thousand and one things and say, no, that's not it. But your superpower doesn't even have to be anything tangible. It could be just your thoughts. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because one of the things I wanted to just highlight is probably people think about it in terms of it being attached to a job or a, or a profession or a career path or a degree or something like that. And I'm, I'm thinking that it, it might be, but it might also not be. Right. Yeah. The current, current it doesn't have to be attached to currency at all. And in a way, it's almost shameful that we have measured worth Hmm. currency right but i think we've all seen magnificent sunrises and sunsets for which we find to be priceless right that you couldn't pay you know we you couldn't pay someone to do that you don't have enough money to but you'd love to see it right and so your superpower is that thing that makes you feel that now maybe your thing isn't a sunrise or sunset but i marvel every time i see a sunrise or a sunset i'm just like <gasps> almost like for the first time, but mm. your superpower is your ability to, to tap into that thing that makes you feel that within yourself. It's not connected to your income. Now you may indeed end up making a source of income for, from it, but it's the thing that you do that really gives you genuine, the thing that you are, not even do, the thing that you are that taps you into genuine happiness Mm -hmm. It's not attached to anything external. So if you make a dollar for it or you make a million dollars for it, the joy that you experience through that superpower is priceless. Which is, okay, so then if if you don't know what your superpowers are or you, you do, but you're not using them, um, yeah, can you talk about kind of the consequences of that to, to a person? Yeah, dying with your presence unopened. Right? Oh, 
This is Aww. the life of superficial, superficial happiness, right? It is the life of, you know, oh, I got this trinket and it temporarily gave me, you know, happiness and, you know, all. it is uh, having your sense of well-being, your sense of self-worth being attached to someone else's opinion. So this and I will also say too, when you live your life aware of your superpower, and by that is your true happiness, right? Your true self, right? You give permission to those around you. So when you suffer and you don't do it, those around you don't get that experience of loving you on that level where you love yourself and mm-hmm. they don't get permission to do it for themselves. So you doing it almost uh, benefits not only you, but those in your circle and those beyond your circle. Right? Just we've all walked in, into a room and we've met somebody says, oh my gosh, it's just something about their energy. It's magnetic. It lights up the room. Probably a person that's tapped into their superpower. And mm-hmm. it, we feel it. We feel that sense of joy and happiness radiating from them. And then we've been in places where it's just the opposite, right? And we feel that too. So when you don't tap in, you have that impact on people, you know, where hey, you're not leaving them in the best place. So it's not just for you. It's not just selfish. It's for those around you, for the world at large as well. That's a, that is a great point. That's a great point. So if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not regularly using my superpower, everybody that I interact with is not getting kind of the top level for lack of, I guess, maybe a better expression, but they're not getting that sort of top level experience that we, we, they would be getting if I was really connected to myself. Right. So there's a term in healthcare to talk about viral shedding, right? When you're, the virus <laughs> is shedding off you, but the same thing yes. we could talk about this, right? You walk into the room and you're giving something. We're always giving and receiving. We play that role. So you're giving something. If you want to give from the higher level of yourself, That means you're tapped into your superpower and you're radiating from there. Even if you're not talking about it, it's just this is the energy that you're giving off. And people Mm -hmm. are walking in that energy. They're connecting to that energy. And it gives them a source of um, thriving within themselves. Like, oh, my gosh, what is it about her? And they radiate and vibrate at a little higher level. So we don't just do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's a gift to ourselves and it's a gift to everyone else i keep so giving and indeed um mine is i'm i'm probably fortunate mine is honesty and so i get to use it everywhere all the time um not in a hurtful way ever you know we don't have to (laughs) honesty doesn't mean that you just need to lob the truth at everyone uh as you see it but one of the things I loved about discovering that and being reminded of that um, facet of myself was that part of the description was about being honest in, on the inside with yourself and about your emotions and, and taking 100% accountability for yourself, um, which is what I needed at that. I was in a rough place and um, I remember kind of being reminded who I was. Uh, after I took that inventory and, you know, read the descriptions of the top three, I don't remember the other two. I think there's a discipline one and something else. Um, it was that number one was honesty. And when I read it, it's not about going and telling everybody the truth, you know, about them, right? It's about connection to self and um, complete, I really just complete acceptance of self, complete unconditional right. acceptance. 
I was going to say that so we can be honest with ourselves without shame, guilt, or condemnation, right? Is yes. to be able to see ourselves, right? And say, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Right? With no shame, no guilt, or no condemnation. And then through that, seeing yourself, seeing ourselves that way to be able to say, there's something I'm going to change, right? Without saying I'm going to change it because I'm a bad person or I'm a this. No, I just, I'm going to change that. Or right, I like that. I'm going to do more of that. Yes. Because something's not working for me in some way like like when we were talking about if something makes you feel bad then yeah let's not so don't do that um, anymore no let's not do that anymore and i i was thinking about your your quote um i'm going to read that again for everybody because i really like it today we'll move in the direction of your most dominant thought not your dominant action I was thinking about that as it applies to kind of my morning stuff. And I I thought it was interesting that you talked about doing the five gratitudes from the day prior in the morning to really get a hold of your thoughts, I'm assuming, like to get a hold of whatever happens in the morning to us. We all have probably different experiences, but um, it can flavor the rest of your day to have... um, like a not a great morning. Yeah. And I tend to have not a great morning with my thoughts. And I was able to kind of recognize that most of them start out with, um, I don't want to, I don't feel like I don't want, I don't feel like I wish I, and I was like, all right, that's, that's it right there. It is a habitual you know, conditioned, repetitive thing that happens to me in the morning. And it's immediately um, puts me in not a positive place. And that's not, that's not how I want to start the day. So like you say, at a certain point, we can take just a hundred percent responsibility for what's going on and say, how can I change that? How would I like that to be different? And I think I'm going to use your five, uh, yeah. I love the fact that you said that because a lot of us do that. We wake up in the morning, we're filled with, you know, regret or but mostly it is fear. You know, I used to wake mm-hmm. up in the morning and felt like I am not qualified right. to do what I do. So that great imposter syndrome, like today will be the day. <laughs> where you're found out where <laughs> finally found, found out, out. <laughs> that I am not qualified and then I would run through in the evening I tell people I would end my day as a superhero that's why I teach now in my day as a superhero but when I first started out on my journey I would end my day as a person who was on the run right like Oof, I <laughs> get away again without being discovered right <laughs> so because I would end my day at the end of the day and I would sit there and I would think about every mistake that I ever made and uh. I shouldn't have done this. And did I check that? And, you know, I work in healthcare and, you know, and um, now I, I, over the years, I I end the day with saying, my goodness gracious, you're amazing. You're just amazing. You did this and you did that. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I really did. And and in there, there are some things that didn't go exactly the way I wanted them to go. Right. That that may have been my fault. And I said, but look at you. Look how courageous you are to keep showing up. Mm -hmm. And so I do that because, like you said, I don't want to have this moment of of just fear, a fear based night, a fear based, you know, ending of the day, a fear based start of the day. I want to book in my days with, you know, knowing that I'm, I'm, 
having gratitude at the beginning of the day. I'm going to end my day with gratitude. So I book in it and make sure that I'm safe in between. Like, okay, this is what we're going to focus on from yesterday. So we're going to focus on if we hit, when we start thinking about the future, we're going to focus on this. And then I drive myself right back to the present moment and say, okay, now breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still good. You're okay. Well, and because our brains continue to work while we're asleep by by intentionally ending your day in that way. And again, wrangling your thoughts to where you want them to be as you move into sleep, your brain is going to do something different than it would if it ended with the anxious thinking or, or an evaluation of your day that was more critical. Right. Yeah. And so and I say this thing too, so many things from our past were so meant to help us so much. You know, some parents used to sit down and tell their story, their kids, you know, bedtime stories before they went to bed. Right. And hopefully they were good, you know, bedtime stories. A lot of them were scary, I know, but let's just talk about the ones that were full of adventure and, you know, candy and sweet dreams and things of that nature to reframe you're falling off into the world of dreams, right? So it's to reframe and change your mind about what you're thinking about, right? And so we, as an adult, we have to give, we have to soothe ourselves, self-soothe that way. Is like, let me reframe the day for you. Mm-hmm. So you can go off into this rest as your brain is doing all this wonderful work for the body. It can work in this way. We're not going to work in panic and anxiety. You know, we're going to calm ourselves down. We're going to reframe the day. This is what this meant. And oh my gosh, what if that meant this? It's all, we're we're making it all up. Mm -hmm. Worry is made up. I agree. I say it it all the time. It's made up, everyone. We're making it up. So what if we told ourselves a different story? We don't always have to keep telling the story of tragedy, lack, and despair. Exactly. We can tell the story of everything is okay. Right. Everything is okay. (laughs) You are amazing. You know, tell that story. Your brain will believe it. Just keep telling it story. Because you you know, at some point, if you think back way, way back, there was at some point in our lives that we thought we were invincible. Right? Yes. Someone had to convince us that nope, an F means failure. It does not mean fantastic. Right. <laughs> someone had to tell us that, you know? Yes. It's a pretty it's, it's a nice straight line, two other lines. Someone had to tell us that that was horrible. Dr. James, thank you so much for coming on Freedom for Humans. Do you want to just let everybody know where they can find you? Yes, you can find my website is drdravonjames.com. And my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, you can get that from Amazon. And you can find me on social media, all forms of it, under the same name, Dr. Drayvon James. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful uh, show, and I'm so happy to have gotten a chance to meet you. Me as well. Thank you. And you can find me at giraffetangooctopus.com. Love yourself, free yourself, be yourself, and dance your own tango. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime... Dance your own tango.